Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, July 27, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Uh, this morning, Pastor is going to lead us on a brief devotional thought based on Romans chapter 10. This is one of our daily readings from our website that Pastor Nauman puts on there. And so we're reading verses 5 through 10. The reading today was a little bit longer, but this section I thought was quite fitting. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's kind of a lot here. We could spend a lot of time talking about this. I'm, I'm sure you would agree. But I feel like the first two verses are really important for us to understand. Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. When God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, when he reminded the people, like, this is what I want you to follow. It says there, the man who does these things shall live by them. A lot of times people think that when we follow the law, that's in order how we're going to be saved. It is really kind of the path we should walk on, but not for our salvation. So it's that idea of living by them means that it's our day-to-day -day conduct. This is how we should conduct ourselves as followers of Jehovah, the one true God. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, and who will descend into the abyss. So this idea of, it kind of comes back to what we talked about this weekend with this judgment of other people and trying to place them in heaven or hell. Ultimately, what Paul is writing to the Romans about is the simple gospel message. You believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord, you will be saved. And that phrase can be misunderstood, I think, a lot of times too. And you can interrupt me anytime you want here, Pastor, but that idea of, it is the faith that saves us. It begins in that heart by the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the righteousness we have with, from Christ. And ultimately, that faith that is in our heart comes out of our mouth. And that's what we believe about our Lord and Savior, about our salvation, that we have what Jesus did on the cross and why we have that eternal life with, with him in his name. I'll pause there for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, I, I always tell people there's... Two ways to be saved. One is to be saved by the righteousness of the law, and the other is to be saved by the righteousness of faith. Um, the righteousness of the law means that you are born absolutely perfect. You are perfect in every way your entire life. You never do what you're not supposed to do. You always do what you are supposed to do. And in that way, you can be saved. And then the other way is the righteousness of faith. So I say there's two ways to be saved, but really there's only one one way to be saved, right? And that's So he says, Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, which is to uh, uh, do the things and shall you shall live by them. So if you can perfectly keep the law, that's the righteousness that Moses presents on Mount Sinai. That's the law that God gives. Here's my law. You keep it perfectly and you will live. And you will live forever in heaven. But no one can do that. And so the law was insufficient. Not that the law was bad. The righteousness of the law isn't bad, but it was insufficient to save us because we are sinful human beings. So we needed the righteousness of faith. And that's what Jesus came to proclaim to us. The law came from Moses, but Jesus came, through Jesus came grace and truth. Uh, and so through Christ now we have this, this uh, faith not of ourselves, but the, rather the righteous robes of Jesus Christ, um, which are which are, are what uh, uh, God sees now when he looks upon us. And so this is really important. So we ask these questions. 
who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ up from above. Or who will descend to the abyss to bring Christ from the dead? It's not as if you have to go to the very ends of the earth or, or, or end beyond to heaven itself or down to hell in order to discover who Jesus is, to discover who the Christ is. Where is it? Uh, and where is... Uh, and, and, you know, that's a really important question, I think, because a lot of people wonder about the faith. Is my faith strong enough? Or is my faith placed in the right place? Or how can I be sure that uh, I'm going to go to heaven after this life? Um, and where do people look for support for their faith? You know, many people look for, well, did you read this book about this kid who went to heaven? That's how you know heaven's real. Or did you, you know, uh, uh, I, I saw a miracle happen. I saw this miracle happen take place, and that's how I know my faith is true. And, and the answer to that is faith isn't based on miracles. Faith isn't based on visions of heaven. Faith isn't based on the, the powerful speaking of a pastor. Faith isn't based on ourselves at all. What is faith based on? The Word. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. It's every time we open God's word, every time we study it, every time uh, we treasure God's word in our in our hearts, just like the Virgin Mary did. You know, she kept all those things and pondered them in her heart. As we treasure these things, that's the word. That's what builds faith up, um, and that's why the Bible is so much more important than any anything else. And uh, that's uh, one of the points Jesus makes o- over and over again: it's the word, the word, the word, which has the power. Yeah, we walk by faith and not by sight. And I think it's interesting because. Is there any other time in the history of the world that the Word of God has been more prevalent? Yeah. You know, I, I have one Bible app, and there's lots of Bible apps out there. I think the current Bible app I had it was like 500 million downloads they've had, yeah. something like that. So, And then other countries, even in third world countries, I was recently told by one of our foreign missionaries that even in the third, third world poverty-stricken countries, they're starting to get tablets and things like that into those countries. Mm-hmm. So people, it's at their fingertips, you know, it's... And it is a blessing to be able to have the Word of God so near to us. Yeah, I just counted on myself. I think I have something like 30 Bibles in like, well, there's a German one, a Greek one, a Hebrew one, and then how many different translations, you know, of the, of the Bibles that we have. Um, Bibles are everywhere. And, you know, I think uh, for a long time there were no, weren't enough Bibles. You know, that was the time of Martin Luther when nobody could read the Bible. Nobody understood what God's Word said. And now I think the devil might be using the opposite strategy, especially among us, where there's so many Bibles that we just think, that's ah, just any other book, you know, it's not yeah. that important, I don't understand it, you know, I can't can't comprehend it, and really, uh, the opposite is true. We, sh- we are surrounded by Bibles, but if we don't open it up and use it, if we just let them gather dust on the shelf, like some of my, especially my German Bible <laughs> does, uh, uh, you know, then they're not they're not working. we got to open them up, we got to read them, see what they say. Um, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, you know, it's got to be in your mouth, you got to be getting in it every day. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for your mercy that you've shown to us each and every day. We thank you that the law has exposed our sin and reminded us that we can't be perfect. We we already conceived an imperfection. And so we rejoice in that salvation that you have won for us and the righteousness you've gifted to us. And so we thank you for your word that continues to be shared among the world today. We pray that it would speedily take its course. Help us continue to confess with our mouth the salvation you've won for us as we give thanks for the work the Holy Spirit has wrought in our heart through that faith. Lord Jesus, bless our day today. Help us to be thankful for this faith, for our family, for our friends, and for all that we have as we look forward to the future with you forever in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, a couple of weekly updates, reminders for you. Uh, online Bible study continues this evening. Did you finish markup yet, Pastor? Or are you still chugging through? We're it? almost done. We got to figure out what we're going to do next, but okay. we're, we're going to be wrapping up pretty quickly. And 
ask the group to kind of look back. So if you're listening to this and you're going to join us online, come with some suggestions because we haven't decided yet. Yeah, if you haven't been on there before, now is a great time to jump in, kind of catch the very end of Mark, the Easter story, and then uh, figure out what's going to happen next. Now would be a great time to pop on if you're wondering about doing it before, you're interested, uh, now would be a great time to jump in. Uh, report back on Vacation Bible School. We finished that up last week. Uh, wonderful turnout. A little over 90 kids uh, total uh, registered and came and heard God's word with us. Um, we had 36 some volunteers, which was amazing. Uh, lots of good help. The kids did a great job. The uh, young 7th and 8th and high school uh, kids showed great leadership and in helping out the younger kids and teaching them how to how to act and what to do and where to be and all those things. So really awesome to see. I really kind of like that too. I just there's some mentoring going on where you have older teachers who are really teaching the younger ones how to do that and how to be involved in that sense. So, you know, having 90 students, not including the seventh and eighth graders like we typically yeah. would, we had a pretty good turnout. Yeah, you know, I think we we talked about that quite at length as we were talking about Vacation Bible School, and I know there were some concerns, but, you know, when you see the seventh and eighth graders going to VBS, normally they're in the back. They're rolling their eyes. They're trying to be cool. They don't, you know, they don't want to participate. But when all of a sudden you tell them you are a counselor, you the little kids are looking at you. They want to see how you're acting. They want to see how you're behaving. They want to see you singing the same songs with the same enthusiasm they're having. Now all of a sudden you see these kids, you know, being leaders and stepping up and holding hands and and you know singing the songs with enthusiasm because because they're now leaders and and that's how we're going to train. That's how we're going to train the next generation of leaders for our church too. So I, I it was I think it worked out really well. I was really happy with what what went on. Um, special thank you to Hillary. Um, we thank don't you. thank her enough. Yeah, she's uh, she did a ton. She did a ton of work. She coordinated everything. Um, so I just want to tell her, Hillary Leon, thank you very much. I know you listen to this podcast, Hillary. You are wonderful. Thank you for all you do. <laughs> uh, we had just on that quite a member a number of non-member students uh, who don't aren't members at Emmanuel, but they came to our VBS and have the opportunity to witness to them. Um, I think one of the teachers said the first day, one of the kids came walking and said, hey, what's that T in the front of the church? Um, which is pretty cool to say, you know, able to teach these kids about Jesus. That was our theme this year um, was, uh, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Um, and so really substantive, got into the life of Jesus day by day. We just took his life every day and uh, broke it all down really quickly there. So pretty neat. And uh, we even had uh, some baptisms come out of it. We had the opportunity to baptize one of our students and one of the, the students' older uh, siblings as well. So um, pretty neat. So thank you to all of you who put yard signs out, went and hung flyers, uh, uh, shared about this Vacation Bible School. Um, this is our way to, one of our amazing ways we have to minister to both our, our young children and also uh, the, the community and those who uh, need to hear about Jesus as well. Uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, the parking lot is going to be closed August 1st through the 3rd. That's next Monday through Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be resurfaced. Uh, Jet Black, uh, who's not yet a sponsor of this podcast, but is welcome to become one if they would like. Uh, they're going to be uh, closing, uh, resurfacing the parking lot next week, Monday through Wednesday. Um, Adopt the Highway is coming up. That's Saturday, August 13th at 9 a.m. Hope you can join us for that. Again, that took about 45 minutes last time, so I hope we can do knock that out quick again. About how many volunteers? I think we had about have? 30 people out okay. there, so it worked really good. Um, Outdoor Adventure Day is scheduled for the next Saturday, August 20th. Keep an eye out. Uh, I believe we're doing a, uh, a swimming uh, event at Turtle Lot, August 20th, so um, keep an ear to the ground for more information on that. Um, on our, our prayer list, we continue to keep Hillary Lee and Sister Carrie in our prayers with the terminal cancer diagnosis that she's dealing with. We have a couple members of Broken Hips, Val Landon and Bev Menton, 
Uh, both broke their hips. Val's back home now. Um, I'm not Bev sure if is, Bev is Bev still in the hospital. still transferring. I wasn't, okay. I've heard from her recently. Okay, okay. But uh, she did have surgery, was successful, and uh, pray for both of these women that they recover quickly. Uh, and we continue to keep Richard uh, Leak in our prayers. He's been transferred to Oak Terrace. Um, and and uh, pray that the Lord would, would bless him and Audrey as well as they move to this new new uh, stage in their in their married life together. Um, so we've kind of been trying to figure out what we're going to do next here in this next chunk. So normally we have a little section here, and we thought today at least um, we maybe just do kind of an interactive Bible study. Um, it's always good for Pastor and I to sit down and, and do a little bit of a study together. We're going to take a look at a little chunk in Proverbs here and hopefully just have a little back and forth like we would if we were just doing a normal Bible study, and hopefully you can gain something from it, and uh, we're certainly open to other ideas. Or if you have a section, hey, pastors, we'd like to hear you talk through this or that, uh, send it our way. We'd be happy to happy to address those things. So uh, you want to get us started here, Pastor, in Proverbs? Yeah, we're just going to read the first seven verses and comment on them a little bit. So brief introduction. Um, you can share your thoughts, too, on this. But... Proverbs was written by Solomon, King Solomon, primarily by him, and ultimately the Lord gave him greater wisdom than anyone would ever have or will ever have apart from Christ. And so it's important to reflect, even though that Solomon had this great wisdom, he was still a sinner, and he was trying to remind his children, and you see a lot of this in the, even the first seven verses of my son, you know, seek after wisdom. You know, it's interesting when you have the, a, a guy who's has the greatest wisdom ever, apart from the Lord God, is saved such things because he can be enticed by sin and lust and greed and so forth, just like any of us. So I think, you know, we read through Proverbs, we look through the eyes of Solomon, but we ultimately look through the eyes of our Heavenly Father speaking to all of us as his children yeah, and understanding how important it is to really understand what wisdom is and how to seek after it. And a lot of times we'll see, depending on how long we do this, is um, my understanding is we, we look at wisdom as personified like a she in that sense of, so sometimes when it says seek after her, it's, it's speaking that idea of, um, you know, go, you know, almost like kind of wooing a girlfriend type of idea where it's like you want to go and court her and go after her and, and seek like you're infatuated with sure. her. Well, yeah, and, the, and there's even a contrast to that, you know, seeking after worldly Lust would be the opposite, right? So, right. so it, it holds up um, wisdom, like you say, it personifies wisdom as this as this woman that you should seek after, and then contrast that with a woman you should not seek after, which would be the lust of the flesh and sinfulness and greed and all those other worldly desires. Yeah. So the first seven verses, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This reminds me of uh, Psalm 119, where every phrase, every Hebrew shtick there has the word basically for God's word in there, has one word or synonym of that, where almost in every verse here you see a word for wisdom, wise, mm -hmm. you know, and so 
that's that's a constant theme we see throughout the book of Proverbs there as well. Yeah, I think it's let's define wisdom a little bit because obviously if wisdom is the theme of Proverbs, what is wisdom? You know, and sometimes I think of wisdom as uh, it's more than just book smarts. You know, I talk about like book smarts. You know, if yeah. you know this, if you know what the principles are, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can apply them to your life. So um, the the opposite of them would be, or not opposite, but the complementary thought would be street smarts, right? So you're able to, you know, take what you know and, and put it into practice. So that you know, there's there's people who are book smart and people who are street smart. And the idea is to be able to use both of these things, right? So the begin, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Like we should be gaining knowledge and building up these book smarts and studying God's word and being able to grow in God's word. But wisdom is really being able to take that knowledge that you have and now apply it to your life. So think of like, you know, um, we're thinking of school soon. We had school coming up, you know, so I interrupted your thought. But yeah, was, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, school right around the corner, you take what we learn at school and you try to apply it to your day-to-day life. You know, you take what you right. hear at church, you try to apply it throughout your week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be wisdom. It wouldn't be just like, oh, I'm going to sit in the church pew or I'm going to sit in my classroom. Yeah. Maybe I gain some knowledge, mm-hmm. like you just said, if I don't, use that knowledge or apply it throughout the week right. it's not helping me at all right so like think of basic math you know you learn 2 plus 2 is 4 and like maybe you learned the way I did where you had all these a page full of uh, of addition practice and you just you have them so memorized you can bang 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 um, but the idea is you take that knowledge you learned in first grade and then you today now you know when I think well it's 4 plus 8 well, my brain just automatically goes to 12 and I can use that right um, that's now pl- using that that in my day-to-day life and that's what we should do with God's word too is is when you learn I mean you know when you learn all things work together for good you know it's really easy to sit in a sun there on a Sunday morning when you're night when when everything's going great the sun's shining out you know the house is house is clean your family relationships are all going great everything's working out just fine in your life it's easy to say yeah God works everything together for good but it's really hard to say yeah God works everything together for good when you or your loved ones lying on their back in a hospital bed, or when suddenly an accident happens, and um, you know what's going to happen as far as finances, or what's going to happen as far as health, or what's going to happen as far as you know all these other concerns and worries. Well, can you take that all things work together for good that knowledge you have, and can you now apply it and say, how is God going to work this together for good? Because that's what wisdom is, right? Wisdom is saying I'm going to take what I know, I'm going to take these verses I learned, I'm going to apply it to my life now, and and and. That's what's going to give me that source of comfort, strength, courage, patience, peace that that God wants me to have. Yeah, I like that because we have to kind of shift our perspective from our earthly focus Mm -hmm. to the Lord's focus. And and why would this happen? Someone just asked me yesterday, uh, why would God allow that little eight-year-old girl to die? And I kind of shifted on her. I said, why would God allow Adam and Eve to sin? What would stop him to do that? And a lot of times we don't see God's full plan and picture, and that same lady who asked me that question also said, well, yeah, his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are our thoughts, and said, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. You yeah, know, right, so. and so that's a passage that you learned, that you maybe learned that when you were in confirmation, or you learned it in school, or you learned it in Sunday school, whatever, and now taking that to today and saying, now I'm going to apply that today to what's going on, and saying, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna be still and know that you are God. You know, I'm going to say, your ways are higher than my ways, and you know, um, it's easier said than done, 
Certainly, yeah. but that's the idea, right? That's that's what we put into practice, and that's you know why we have our kids learn. What do we got? One hundred sixty-two Bible verses in our program, or that was, something. That's a ton, but I was yeah, yeah. That's why we have them memorize all these because you know, and and that's an art. There's always been an argument against the idea of memorization as well. You just memorize it, and you know, it doesn't actually it doesn't actually turn into wisdom. But th- if you can take, if you can learn it now when you're young. It's going to apply to you later in your life, and you'll be able to pull it back out again. And that's why I like what we do is um, with our Bible verses, we always have a question attached to them. So it's the question might be, you know, uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But, what do we need to know for eternal life? Yeah, yeah, there you go. What do we need to know for eternal life? And I think it's John seventeen three, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Yeah. Um, and that so, you know, you have this question, you have this that you memorize, you have the passage you memorize that answer that question and now you can take that knowledge and turn it into wisdom and that's what that's what Solomon's encouraging here so much yeah I think uh, verse 7 is a good one for us to kind of wrap up with because it says the fear of the Lord you know we, we often define fear as that respectful awe that awe of him uh, it's certainly healthy fear like we talk about with our devotion when the law shows us our sin but that fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction so it'd be like Maybe you think of a student who says, oh, I hate going to school, or someone who says, ah, I don't need to go to church, or I don't need to, I already know what I need to know. But the problem is that we're not growing in our strength in the Spirit to apply that day to day. And um, I don't know if you ever feel like this, but at, at times I'll feel like, oh, my relationship is not feeling very strong with the Lord right now. And for me, that's always like, I need to spend more time in the Word, <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's where the Holy Spirit works, like we heard you know, with the... Romans 10, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So ultimately wisdom is seeking after the Lord and his word. I always explain it like this. Hey, if your wife hasn't talked to you in three days, what are you feeling about your relationship right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're probably not doing great. <laughs> you, did, you did something wrong. Right? Yeah, right. They're out of town right now. They haven't talked to her much. <laughs> oh, oh, but how does God speak to us? And this is important, you know, because yeah. a lot of people think, well, God speaks to me in nature. God speaks to me, you know, in, in my day-to-day walk. When I pray to God, God speaks to me. How does God speak to you? Not in any of those other ways. You know, God makes his presence known in the creation, and God is certainly with you all the time. But how does God speak to you? He speaks to you in the Bible. And if you haven't let God speak to you for days, you wouldn't do that in your husband-wife relationship. At least you shouldn't. <laughs> and you certainly shouldn't do that with your relationship with your Heavenly Father as well. If you want a relationship with God, open the Bible and let him talk to you. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're running this Read the Bible in 2022 program, you know, and I, I think we will probably try to do more things like that. We have how many Bible studies in our community, uh, how many uh, services we do. We have our weekend services. You know, we are trying to connect you to God as best as we can. And um, if, if there's other ways or other ideas you have to do that, let's do that too. But that's our foremost mission is to connect people to God's Word because in God's Word we read to the Gospel and the Gospel is what changes hearts and minds and lives and brings people from the sinful world to eternal life in heaven. And that's that's the wisdom that uh, uh, Solomon's talking about uh, here in, in Proverbs. Amen to that. Amen. Uh, hymn of the day today, hymn 19, uh, verses 1 and 5. All praise to God who reigns above, the God of all creation, the God of wonders, power, and love, the God of our salvation. With healing balm, he, my soul he fills, the God who every sorrow stills. To God all praise and glory. Ye who confess Christ's holy name, to God give praise and glory. Ye who the Father's power proclaim, to God give praise and glory. All idols underfoot be trod, the Lord is God, the Lord is God. 
to God all praise and glory. Amen.